Welcome. This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Today is uh, the last day we'll be treating this topic in Thursday Fix. On Sunday, we would have, Sunday morning, we'll have review in School of the World. So we'll have a review of the entire book. We've been treating this, we've been reviewing this book now for about two months. October and November, we've been reviewing the book of Romans. How many people have enjoyed it? How many people have enjoyed it? How many people think the book is just one kind? It's one of those one kind books. Okay, one person. I think the book of Romans is interesting. Like I said last week, I think it gives a proper perspective to our position or our state with God. Amen? Today we'll be, we'll be rounding it off. We'll be looking at the final two chapters. Um, I'll try to quickly run through the two, chapter, the two chapters, just pick out basic points from there. I'm not, I'm not trying to read the entire book again. So I'll just pick out a few points that are worthy of note from the, book, from the final two chapters. And then maybe give, if I have the time, we'll give a brief overview of what we've learned so far reviewing this book. Amen? All right. So today we're treating chapter 15 and 16. Those are the last two chapters of Romans. So the first part I'll be looking at is um, chapter 15. I'll do from verse 1 to 3 or 6. So let's quickly go through that. Um, from verse 1. Romans chapter 15 from verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself. But but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. We talked about this last week in School of the Word. So after Paul had given perspective to our state in Christ, to who we are in Christ and how we got there and how we attained that position with God, he began, after he had done all of that, he now started to give basic advice, basic um, rules, basic, not rules, basic concepts of how we should relate with, with each other. He has talked about our standing with God. He has talked about how we attain it, how we got there. Now he's telling us, Given, this, given, this, given that this is how we got here, given that this is where we are and how we got here, this is how we should or how we ought to relate with one another. Okay? This is how we ought to relate with one another. Last week we looked at how we relate. He talked about the um, chapters we discussed last, last week. Looked at how we relate with those in authority. Right? How many people remember that conversation? How we relate with those in authority. Given that this is where we are, this is how we now relate with those in authority. And today he's talking about, the chapters we are looking at today, he's talking about how we then relate with ourselves. As one another, as believers, as co-believers, as brothers in the kingdom and the family of God. How do we relate to each other? He says we ought to bear one another's burden. We ought to bear one another's burdens. And the burden of bearing body, of the the burden of bearing the burden lies with the strong. It is the duty of the strong to bear 
the burden of the weak. Does that make sense? It is the duty of the strong to bear the burden of the weak. Your strength is not for you, it's not for self-aggrandizement, it's not for you to glory in yourself. The strength that you have, it's not because you're a, you a hard worker, like he has said from the beginning of the book. We are justified by faith. So we have learned to grow. The fact that you have now grown does not mean that you are now a superstar. It means that you now have responsibility to help others grow. So it says, it is our responsibility to bear one another's burden and receive them, even as Christ has received us, into God's glory. So we ought to receive one another as Christ has received us into God's glory. So what makes us strong? The fact that you are strong in your convictions, you are strong in your faith, right? You know exactly what is, you know exactly what stands. It's not for you to, to oppress those who don't yet get it or those who are not yet strong in their convictions or their faith. It's for you to help them grow. Amen. Say, help them grow. So he says, let each of us please his neighbor. Let us please our neighbor for his good. I think for, please your neighbor for your neighbor's good. Please your neighbor for your neighbor's good. So that ultimately your neighbor can grow and become of like mind as you. What's common is for the strong to oppress the weak and try to show the weak how strong they are. But that's not what it is. The essence of your strength is to help others become like you. The essence of the strength of your faith, the essence of the strength of your convictions is to help others grow and become like you in Christ. Because the goal is for all of us to be like Christ. For us to come with one, and one accord in the fullness of the stature of Christ, glorifying God. It is all for the glory of God. If only you reach there, who you help? There's no first and second in heaven. Amen. So help one another grow. So the example he gave us Christ says that even Christ didn't please himself. I won't go into that, but we know that he gave all of himself to do what the Father wanted him to do in order to get us saved and to get us reconciled back to God. Amen. Don't just seek to please yourself. Make it a habit to please others. Make it a habit to please others. Don't please others because of the benefit you will get. Sadly, most of the things we talk about, it's not a bad thing. It's just something that becomes subconsciously grows. So most of the teachings we talk about is how we can grow, how we can be better, how I can be better, how I can be better. And the one that happens subconsciously is that we tend to begin to get too self-conscious. We are self become very overconscious of our own benefits. So we then start to seek our growth, our benefits, and our rewards more than we seek other people's growth and benefits. But the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself, exactly as yourself. 
So what it means is that if I'm seeking my benefit, I should also be seeking the benefit of my neighbor. Does that make sense? So as we, as we, when we do things, don't just do things for your good. What, what, how will this help me? How will it help me? What's in it for me? Everything, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? So what's in it for your neighbor? What's in it for your neighbor? What's in it for victory? What's in it for Rosalind? What's in it for Emmanuel? What's in it for Marilyn? What's in it for us? What's in it for all of us? All right? That's the, that's the mindset that we're supposed to have as believers. Not just seeking your own... Not just seeking to please yourself. Amen? Make it a point of duty to help others grow. Don't help others grow by showing them how well you are doing. Help others. I didn't hear you. Help others do what? Are you afraid? Help others. Help others grow. So verse 7 talks a bit, um, extends it a bit. I'll just read verse 7. It says, Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. When we say receive one another as Christ received, when he says receive one another as Christ received us, it means receive one another without looking at their faults or weaknesses or failures or flaws. Because when Jesus came to die, when he came to receive us into the glory of God, he did not look at our faults and failures. In fact, the essence of his death was to ensure that our faults and failures don't count against us. Amen? The essence was to make sure our faults and failures, our flaws, don't count against us. So when we receive one another, we should do it with the same mindset. With the same mindset. Rather than counting our shortcomings. Amen? Say, receive one another. I want to hear you shout. Say, receive one another. The way Christ has received us. In fact, I dare say that the more the flaws, the more the love you should show. The more the flaws, the more the love you should show. The weaker they are in the faith, then the more you should show them love so that they can understand exactly how much God loves them. Right? The weaker people are in the faith, the more people are unsure of how much God loves them or how they are standing with God, the more you should show them love to let them know that they are actually in right standing with God. So receive one another just as Christ received us. Without, 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 we talked about uh, judge, not judging some weeks ago. Without judging one another, why are you, why are you judging me? Pigeon Grace, why did they judge me? So that's, that's, those are the major points from that, that I think I want us to talk about, to um, note from chapter 15. We ought to bear one another's burden. We ought to accept each other with the love of God, just as Christ did for us. What, Christ, what we are supposed to, if we claim, you know, it's easy to claim that I'm, I'm Christ on earth, but I want to claim miracles. So I'm Christ on earth. I walk and demons tremble. Demons disappear. I, I, I Christ on earth. Anything I say happens. I declare, I declare, it comes to pass. But Christ also gave up a lot for the people he loved. That's also part of being Christ on earth. Part of being Christ on earth is loving exactly as Christ loved. Amen. Imagine somebody dying and asking that the people killing him should be forgiven. They're killing you innocently. 
when you should be looking for thunder or hammer of Thor to send them to oblivion. They are asking that they should be forgiven. Let us love one another. Let us bear one another's burden. Let us receive one another as Christ has received us. Okay. To chapter 16. So, the book of chapter 16, Paul does something amazing. I know he does that in a lot of his books, a lot of his um, letters. But here's the, here's the part that, really, that we really should take note of. It's easy when we read to just read through these parts. From verse 3 to, I think, verse 16, what Paul does here is to extend his greetings to different people and he mentions their names. From chapter 16, verse 3, he mentions their names. He says to this person and to this person and to the, and he calls all their In fact, if you start from verse 3, he says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved um, Epinetus, who is the first fruit of... Like, he knew everybody. He knew what they had done. In, in some cases, he knew who saved, who, who converted them. And he was extending his, his greetings to every one of them. You notice, you know that people used to remember bad things more than remember good things. You remember the bad thing, you will not remember the good thing. Do you remember the person that came to play drum for you last week? That he did you a favor? What he was simply, the example he was setting, and I think we, sh we should emulate, is that we should always remember those who have made contributions to the work of God. Those who have made contributions to our lives in one way or the other. Always remember it. And remember to always send your thanksgiving to them. Or your appreciation to them. Always remember it. It is important. In fact, use it to drive away the bad that you remember. Somebody has been calling you to check up on you. Has been doing a lot of things for you. One day the person says, Oh, don't talk to me. I'm not in the glow. I don't want to talk to you today. That's what you remember. All the two years of good work they have done, have thrown it away in the bush. And you remember the bad one. Say, Ah, how is that? Say, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. I'm going to the shop for person. That's the one you choose to remember. But we should all strive and try to remember the good things that people, do, people have done and appreciate them for it. Appreciate them for it. Remember the people, remember the things that they have done. It's not easy. It, it, it couldn't have been easy for Paul. Somebody who had gone through to different places teaching and preaching. He knew different people in different places and then he's writing to these people and he's not just telling them, oh, greet your senior pastor. That one is easy now. I say, I'm going to uh, greet Pastor Duke. I, I greet Pastor Amma. It's easy to remember those ones now. You don't really remember anything he has done for you. He used to preach. Greet him. But here is, he remembers everybody, members, the convert and the, the converted and the converter. He remembers them all. Say, remember the good that people have done for you. Remember people's contributions to your life. Take note of it when it is done. When people do something good for you, take note of it. When people do something good in the house of God, they don't even need to do it for you. When you do it in the house of God, take note of it. You are sitting down in these chairs, they are well arranged. They who arranged it? Take note of it. It, wasn't, it. it couldn't have been easy for that person to come early, come and arrange the seats. The person must have determined in their heart to do it. You don't arrange this number of seats by mistake. 
Amen. Take note of it. Learn to take note of good deeds. Amen. So the final thing I want us to talk about before I see if we can do an overview is in um, verse 17. I think that's the... I'll just read maybe to verse 19. It says, Now I urge you, brethren, not those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. Not those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. So as we have said, take note of the good deeds that people have done and the people who have done them. He said, take note of those who try to sow division and cause, just show you offenses. Those who sow division and offenses, trying to create reasons for people to do something wrong. Amen? He said, note them. Those who try to, do, to teach you things that are contrary to what you have learned and use it as offenses against other people. We have finished teaching today now that we should love. We have read the book of Romans where it tells us that our stand with God is something, is a gift that we have received by faith and that we should therefore appreciate every other person. One person will now come and tell you that that person is bad energy. Drive them away from your life. And if you are not careful, you will start to look for everybody that is doing something you don't like and start to minus their bad energy from your life. But how does that tie up with being one another's body? I understand the concept of, you know, trying to make sure that you don't get drenched in in ideas or ideologies or a mind space that affects you negatively. Or does scripture say throw people away? Does it say just get them out of your life? It says bear one another's body. So it says not those who so who so who sow division and offenses among you, those who try to those who try to just create confusion, say avoid them. Because they do not, they are not teaching you the gospel of Jesus Christ. What they are doing is fighting for their own belly. They are fight, trying to fight for their own belly. So avoid them. Avoid anything that will bring division. Avoid anything that will that will make you focus on the on the evil things or the bad things or the Weak things that, that people have done rather than on the good that they have done. He says, avoid it. Anything that is contrary to the doctrine that you have received, avoid it. Know what teachings you have in your heart and avoid anything to the contrary or anything that brings that teaches the contrary. Amen. So, summary of what we have done so far. He says, we must bear one another's burden. We must learn to treat each other with love. We must accept each other as Christ has accepted us. And we must avoid, we must learn to appreciate each other for the good that we do. And then let's try to avoid the things that bring division among us. Amen. So let me try and see if I can do a quick overview. So from the beginning of the book of Romans, we had learned that uh, the law itself could not have saved us. The law was weak in the sense that it could not bring salvation. It mostly pointed out offenses. Right? And so Paul explains, starts, then starts to explain the necessity for grace. Right? The necessity for grace. So God brought, gave us grace in the form of Christ. He gave us his love and his life by grace in the form of Christ. And then asked that every man receives it by faith. And so we therefore receive righteousness with God, which is right standing with God, which is how we receive the life of, Christ, of God by faith. It is a gift made available by grace and we receive it by faith. 
Amen? That's what God has done. Why? Because it was impossible for us to help ourselves. We could not have helped ourselves by our strength. Obeying the law will not save you. It had not saved anybody. Okay? So you will not be the first. It couldn't save you. So God makes it possible for you to be saved by choosing to give you a way in which your offenses will not be counted against you. Receive his life so that you can at least in the beginning, you can at least start to live according to the way he wants you to live. So he goes on to explain how we are saved, how we have received that salvation, how there's no condemnation for us because we have received that righteousness by faith. And having received it, having known that now we have arrived where we are, not by our strength, but by the work that God has already provided for us. He says we should also receive one another like that. We should also treat each other like that. We should also attend to each other like that. Don't seek to, now that you have arrived, you don't want to convince everybody that, you know, you have worked out your own salvation with fear and trembling by yourself. You have saved yourself. Do you have to save yourself now? Do we get just extend that same hand of love. With the same measure of love that you have been dealt by God, measure same to others. Give same measure to others. Amen. Give same measure to others. So that we can all, at the end of the day, come in one accord, in the same unity of faith, to the glory of our God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CJMI underscore L-Springs.